0: So, the time has finally come. The Vision Pro is real, at least for Americans. A project that Apple started by most accounts, 2015, 2016. So, almost 10 years working on this thing. And obviously, there's a huge roadmap ahead. This is just the first of a very long progression. But, on Friday the February 2nd, Chance (laughs) Miller, you you did indeed get one, correct? I did.
1: It's a very dramatic intro. That was a dramatic entrance. You don't normally Let me do the intro. So I, I yeah. picked it up. You know, you are free to do the intro whenever you'd like for the record. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it when you do it. But <laughs> I figured. I, I gave you the. I gave you
0: the charisma. You know. Exactly. Because I mean, it is momentous inside. Like it is. It doesn't come along that often. We've had a long stretch of Apple doing. Iterative updates to their product lines, right? Which is what you have to expect from companies because they can't re- they can't revolutionise the world every single year. It's just impossible. And the last big release, probably AirPods, right? Which is twenty sixteen. Yeah, the HomePod m- was definitely a thing. <laughs> it doesn't count. You it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't fully count. I I if I think in terms of like the things Apple's like committed to in terms of big new product launches, you have obviously the iPhone in two thousand seven the iPad in 2010, the Apple Watch in 2015, AirPods 2016. And so since 2016, kind of a wash, right? And you could argue that like the Apple Silicon transition is something, but But it's not a new product category, right? It's just like they just made the products better. (laughs) Like Apple Silicon is definitely a momentous moment and will be remembered for a very long, long time. Like the difference between the Intel laptops and the Apple Silicon laptops, you know, that that boundary was insane and yeah. will never be repeated or at least not repeated for a long, long time. Uh, but that's why I don't really count like... If you count that, you have to then also count stuff like the iPhone 10, right? Because it's like a whole new diff- take on the iPhone. But, that's like, true. It's not really yeah. the start of a new category. This is the start of a new category through and through. It's not like a HomePod. It's not like a Apple TV, right? Like side hobby kind of thing. This is legit. And if there's one takeaway I could take from the whole last week of just stuff, Vision OS is here to stay, right? The hardware (laughs) that it comes in is going to transmogrify in many, many different ways. And the iPad, as it looks today, kind of looks like the iPad came 2010 I do think with the Vision Pro, the Vision Pro in 10 years' time will be way different just in terms of form factor because you are pushing up against the limits of the -the state-of-the-art right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the design decisions about the Vision Pro are because... They're compromises of reality right like as technology advances there's clearly way more ways for this thing to to try to change to change and advance and eventually become you know lightweight pair of glasses kind of style obviously that we're not even sure if that will happen on a 10-year timeline but even before the lightweight glasses the actual headset itself can get way much smaller way different sizes you know at some point the battery will be integrated but that is looking off into the future. Vision OS is incredibly well executed from what I've seen, and we'll be talking about that and using it, obviously, on the current hardware for the next like hour or so. So you got yours on February 2nd. Obviously, you've had chances to play with it you know, since WWDC or whatnot, so you've had a bit of experience with it mm-hmm. before, but it's been a while, right, since you've actually had it, <laughs> for, for real. What do you think in terms of
1: hardware, like getting out of the box, that kind of that kind of starting point? Well, the first thing about the unboxing experience that I thought was funny was the $200 like travel case, NASA style travel case thing. Mm. So I got m- my Vision Pro and the case delivered, separate boxes. The travel case is just was just in a UPS box, like very, very like lightly wrapped in like three pieces of cardboard. There's like no actual box that it came in. And then I saw people buying it from the Apple store and you also just like, they just hand you the case. There's no box for the case, which was weird. But the Vision Pro itself, unboxing it, it was. I kept thinking if I hadn't had the chance to try this two times already, it would be a very overwhelming experience. There's so much in the box. There's the gigantic sh- of things you can read if you want to. <laughs> then you don't, you just put the thing on your head and it starts telling you kind of what to do and it guides you through how to use aspects of things but it kind of then just like throws you off the deep end if that makes sense
0: i mean they are trading on familiarity of the other operating systems right because yes very much but the 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 the, like you say it i think i think obviously i haven't used one yet but from everything i've seen from the videos from what you can just kind of think in your head like it's a lot easier to say well you just look at stuff and pinch your fingers together and then it clicks and it, then it is probably for your brain to like wrap your head around that i imagine it takes a while for you to like get into the state of you you don't turn your head you just look and glance or you don't reach out yeah. with your hand you know like those kind of things are you get used to them very quickly but they're not like one minute things they're like one day things right in terms of training your brain how to use it and i guess they don't really need a big like tutorial for that because even if you're doing it suboptimally, like you lift up with your hand or you do move your forehead, everything still works. It just maybe like makes you a bit more tired more quickly. Yeah, um, and very quickly your brain will realize. Well, I can short. You know, the brain's lazy. It's like I can short circuit. I don't need to reach my hand out. I can just look. And then if you get used to it, and you get used to it, and you get used to it. Um, but the the raw intuitiveness of just putting it on, and obviously you can transfer from the iPhone, right? It can do like the quick setup thing. But it is mm-hmm. a standalone product in the fact that you don't. You could set up an app ID. You could log in. You could do everything step by step on the yeah. terrible keyboard, right? <laughs> if you really had to. But I, I presume even at that point, you could probably pair a keyboard to it. Um, but you don't necessarily have to have an iPhone, unlike you know, like a watch or whatever. You could do it standalone. But clearly, most people are going to benefit from bit, be, you know, having everything. Uh, and so you just put the thing on. You can bring your iPhone near it, and I believe you like look at something on the phone, right?
1: correct with your when you're wearing your vision pro you look at your iphone and it does something and then it starts transferring your settings i had to go through the whole setup process twice the first time i went through i got to the part where you set up your persona and i did that and then at the end of the persona setup process it just crashed things went black when you're wearing a headset and things go black it's very disconcerting it's a little bit weird you're just cut off from everything so I kept, I kept Vision Pro on for a few seconds and then it started pulsing like a soft white light. And eventually it turned all the way back on and I was back at the beginning of the setup process. So I got the <laughs> setup experience twice. <laughs> and then the next time I went through it, I skipped over the persona part of it because I was like, I'm just going to get all the way through it and then I'll set up the persona later. And that worked right. Something else about it, taking it out of the box is you have those two, you have the two band options. You have the dual mm. loop band and the solo knit band. The solo knit band comes attached to it. It's beautifully displayed, resting as soon as you open the box. So I said, okay, I'm going to give the solo knit band a try. It's clearly what Apple wants me to use. It's right here. It's already connected. So I put it on, wore it while I went through the setup process both times, then got to Vision OS, and I was like, this hurts. This is so uncomfortable. This is hurting. Oh, that quickly the back of my head hurts, my forehead hurts, it's weird. So I took it off, attached this, the dual loop band, which is like under the bottom of the box, put that on, and I was like, okay, this is what I remember. This is, how it, this is how it's supposed to feel. This is how I remember it feeling during my demo in New York City a few weeks ago. But I've seen a lot of people apparently like sticking with the solo knit band. I've been kind of surprised. And I notice a lot of people seem to be wearing it on the back of their heads, like lower than what Apple shows in its marketing pictures, which is maybe like a little trick to make it feel better. I tried that, didn't really help. So I'm all the way in on the dual loop band. Yeah, and you don't wear you don't want to wear it too low because the like eye tracking's
0: optimized for having it higher up. I think so. Some of the people that wear it lower uh, might be, you know, disadvantaging themselves in another way. <laughs>
1: And Apple has a support document that's actually like super helpful. It's like if you feel pain on your forehead and you're wearing the dual loop band, raise the back strap and loosen it a little bit and tighten the top strap. If you're feeling pain in your cheeks, lower the back strap and loosen the top strap. Very good, like if this then that instructions. And on that page, do they have like a link to a questionnaire that you can answer about how your Vision Pro fits and whether or not you're f- experiencing things like light leak from under the nose or on the sides. So, I took that questionnaire probably three or four days after I got Vision Pro. So, I think it was Sunday night, Monday morning, maybe. And I had the 21W light seal. And I thought it fit fine. It seemed to be fitting good. I didn't notice anything. I was having a little bit of light leak, like on the sides, as I was trying to, like each time I put it on, it took me a few tries to get it adjusted right to block that light leak. So I answered that questionnaire maybe being a little bit nitpicky just to see what it would say. Mm-hmm. And at the end it said, we recommend a different size light seal. You have 21W now where you're going to send you a 34N light seal. Try that. Try both of them. Compare them and send us whichever one you don't want back. So the 34N arrived yesterday and I put it on and at first I was like, this seems a lot better. I don't have to like kind of work a little bit to block the light on the sides like I just put it on and that light is blocked. But then I noticed so much light leak under the nose and there was no way to like adjust it to block that light leak. So I went back to the 21W for now and it seems to be it seems to be the best option for me. But it's one of those things where like I have no idea how this feels for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Even though I think what I'm wearing is comfortable and like the the little workarounds that i have to do to block the light leak and to make it comfortable are normal maybe they're not normal for somebody else somebody else just puts the thing on their head and it's perfect right from the start it's like i have no idea it's the same thing with the weight right like i feel like some people really complain about the weight other people are like
0: it's heavy but i can deal with it you know and it really it's really like depends person to person
1: um i think you're like okay with the weight with the jewel loop band I don't notice the way, the biggest place I noticed it at first was on like my, my cheeks. It felt like it was just pressing right under my eyes, right at the top of my cheeks, just a little bit too hard. And that's where like that support document came in and I learned, okay, I need to wear the back strap a little bit lower than you would instinctively wear it. Mm. And then that took that balanced the pressure better off my cheeks and shifted a little bit more of it towards my forehead. Like that support document from Apple is so good and so useful that anybody who has a Vision Pro should read it. Even if you think it fits okay and you think that little bit of pressure you're feeling on your cheeks or on your forehead is normal, like the tips in that support document might help quite a bit. What's the longest session you've had in it so far? <laughs> I, I, on, on Monday, I wore it for about six and a half or seven hours. Pretty much continuously. Like, I took it off for a few minutes here and there to like go to the bathroom. Mm. But other than that, I had it on the majority of like the working day. Same on Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit less. So, seven hours is probably the longest so far. And that's continuous. Is it, are you doing it because you, the, the novelty of it, or are you doing it because like it's actually practical in
0: terms of comfort and fit and stuff? Like, would you do it? Would you, would you volunteer to do that, to do it continuously like that?
1: it's 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 hard to know i mean yeah part of it too is like okay i'm like we're gonna talk about this on thursday on yeah, Happy yeah, Hour. yeah you, you've got to right so i'm gonna yeah. like durability test it like test my stamina and see how long i can wear it.
0: i guess because obviously there's the there's the, the component of that is like well what do you do for seven hours while you're inside it and then the other part is just like is it hurting my face too much but if you wear it for seven hours, it wasn't like it was... You Surely it wasn't like you were actively painful when you were done it, right? <laughs> I was not sitting
1: in pain for seven hours for yeah, the sake exactly. of this podcast, no. Wait,
0: so, <laughs> so it's viable in terms of just
1: raw physicality. It is. Uh, it, it, for me, when I was wearing it too, I was... It's not like I was sitting there watching movies or something. I was using it, as we'll talk about later, I think, with the Mac external display feature. It's like I was wearing it and it was actively helping my work and it was comfortable. So it was like a win-win-win. When you take it off after that extended period of time, there is like a sigh of relief to a degree. But I also get a sigh of relief when like, I take my AirPods Max off after eight or nine hours. Yeah,
0: I mean, AirPods Max are still... A, I still haven't got over that hump in terms of weight. I've never bought them. But every time I try them <laughs> on in the store, I'm like, these are so heavy. So heavy. Um, but other people wear them all day long and they don't blink, you know? It's, yeah, that's me. It's very individual. Happy Hour This Week is sponsored by PureVPN. PureVPN is the secure and reliable lightning-fast VPN service. Check them out with the link in the show notes right now. Of course, you can browse the web securely and privately. PureVPN never logs your data, so everything you do online always remains private. But here's what's really exciting, as well as apps for the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac, Android, Windows computers. PureVPN also now has an app on Apple TV. That's using the VPN app support released as part of TVS 17 and it makes it super easy to set up a VPN on your Apple TV set-top box. Now the idea of a VPN might sound kind of scary, but PureVPN makes it so simple. Even calling it a set process is overstating it. You just download the app from the App Store, you launch it, you make an account, you can even start a fully-featured free trial straight from the app and then with just one button press, your Apple TV is browsing over PureVPN. The PureVPN app handles all of the configuration for you. And using PureVPN on Apple TV, you can be free of location blocks with your favorite streaming services. Virtually change your location with their servers in more than 78 countries and you can get past geo-restrictions. That means you can access content from around the world that the streaming services normally don't let you see. Bypass geographic restrictions on platforms like Netflix, Hulu and more. And if you take Apple TV with you when you travel or go on holiday, it also means you can use PureVPN to pretend like you're still at home. So you can always watch your favorite shows and not be locked out depending on where you are. And PureVPN is super fast. It means you can enjoy buffer-free streaming thanks to their optimized servers. Some of the lesser VPNs out there curtail your network traffic under load, which leads to things like buffering and stalls when streaming video. But with PureVPN, you have a high-speed connection for a smooth and uninterrupted entertainment experience. So start using PureVPN today with one account you can use on Apple TV and up to 10 devices at a time, all with automatic setup. So check out the link in the show notes right now to save up to 83% on your subscription, try it free for seven days with no commitment. Thanks to Pure VPN for sponsoring the show. Now, aside from weight, I did know you said in like Slack and stuff when we were chatting about it that you were having at least when you got
1: initially some issues with like eye strain and stuff. Yeah, that was like the Friday and the Saturday. Maybe eye strain was like my biggest problem. My eyes just felt tired even after just like an hour or so. I don't know why this was happening, but it's gotten better the more I've used it. I don't know if my eyes have gotten stronger or if I've just learned that I don't have to move my eyes as much as I was moving them to move around the different controls. But eye strain was definitely the biggest problem in the first 48 hours beyond any sort of weight or physical discomfort. I think part of that, your brain just gets used to it, right? It's like your brain. I've been amazed at how well your brain gets used to this thing. Yeah, Even in terms of like blocking out light leak, blocking out like the field of view, making you kind of forget about the limited field of view, which we'll talk about in a second, your brain just adapts very quickly. That's
0: really the power of like the screen technology, right? Because like Yeah. Similar to like going to retina displays for the pixel density, with the micro OLED displays in the Vision Pro, like you cross a boundary of like, sometimes your brain will just be tricked into thinking that is reality, right? And, like, you know, obviously you can get far cheaper VR headsets, like the Quest stuff. They use, like, LCD displays with much lower pixel density. You get, like, screen door effect. You get constant artifacting Mm -hmm. that just takes you out of it in terms of actually tricking your brain. But I feel like with the Vision Pro, with their screen technology and the lenses quality, like, it just kind of crosses that barrier so that your brain stops worrying about, like, you know, obviously you always know you're looking at screens, but like it's just enough to put it, it, you cross you're crossing like a significant break point of like tricking your head into adapting to this is the new normal rather than
1: always being like thinking about, well, I'm actually just wearing this, this and this, and oh, it's artifacts here and here and here. I think all of that too is why I haven't noticed motion sickness at all for the most part, which is something I was super worried about. because if I'm in a car for and it's not that long of a time, like over half an hour, and I'm not driving, I get motion sick. So I was worried that you hear other people with the Quest headsets complain about motion sickness, complain that it makes them feel nauseous. That was my biggest concern about Vision Pro, and I didn't notice motion sickness in either of my demos. But I thought, well, if I wear it for more than 30 or 45 minutes, like that could change. Luckily, it doesn't seem to affect me, except the first day I put it on, I was maybe a little bit too ambitious or confident in myself. I put it on, I stood up, started wandering around, doing different things, and I was, sat back down and I was like, I feel nauseous. <laughs> Took it off for a little bit, put it back on, and I felt fine. And since then, I haven't felt any motion sickness, even when I am up doing things, doing things in the kitchen, walking around, cleaning up, putting, feeding the dogs, All that. Like, I can wear it and not feel motion sickness.
0: There's definitely a part of it, too, where Vision OS is, like, intentionally designed to, like, not make you move around too much. Like, they don't promote, you know, and part of this is because the current hardware is so heavy and, like, ungainly. But, like, you know, they don't promote you running around or, like, doing, like, all the games they show, they want you to stay in one place. You know, if you're in an environment and you try and walk too much, it just makes all your apps disappear after you walk, like, a meter and a half. Like, Mm -hmm. that helps with... Motion sickness too, because it's not like you're constantly moving your body and then seeing something different in your head. By staying stationary most of the time, uh, it really cuts down on that kind of thing. So they kind of like defined a way of class of motion sickness by not letting you do those activities, basically. Yeah.
1: And I haven't noticed motion sickness either with like the immersive video, 3D movies, or any sort of like content that you th- might think would cause you motion sickness. I haven't noticed. Yeah, and they even have
0: like um. Alerts like if you take a spatial video on your phone that's super like yeah motiony like you're you're rapidly moving around and like zooming in zooming out and stuff if you try and play that back before it starts playing it even it comes up with a little alert that's like Mm -hmm. this video we detected involves a lot of motion are you sure you want to watch it blah 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 so they try and put in some safeguards uh, and I'm sure you know 1.1 1.2 2, 2, like as the as the OS evolves more of that stuff will come and just add those little. As little catches to try and help people as much as possible, but some people, unfortunately, like will just be more affected by it than others. Some people won't be able to focus on the screens because of their current, you know, the, their eye um prescription or whatever. Like, uh it's just uh, this kind of product category. Until we get way more down the line, some percentage of people are just not going to be able to use it for whatever reason. Whether it's motion sickness, whether it's comfort, whether it's weight, like you know, focusing with your eyes. I know some people have said it's too blurry for them to see stuff. And I don't think it's just like the headset's faulty. It's just their particular eye issue, you know, doesn't work with it. Um, which is a shame, but it's just a reality of, of this product category at the moment.
1: But luckily for you, you're not in any of those buckets. So you're doing pretty good. I wear contacts and that's fine for the most part. But at the end of the day, I'd like to take my contacts out and put on my glasses. And that's when I might Usually I would like watch a TV show on my iPad or my laptop or whatever while wearing my glasses just cuz it gives my eyes a break from the contacts. Mm. Can't really do that with Vision Pro. I take my contacts out and I put Vision Pro back on it, I can't see anything. So I think and you I don't might... want to get the lenses for the Vision Pro. I was just going to say I think I might. I need to go to the eye doctor first to get a prescription. Then I might order them from Zeiss. They're like $150, but cheaper than the case. That's, thank you for that yes that's true <laughs> the case is so cool though you can't deny it. it is cool. the case is cool it is cool
0: if anything it's like why is the case not 99 and the lenses aren't 400 do you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> a weird a weird alignment of the price in there the only thing with that is is it going to be a pain to like take the lenses in and out, depending on where you're wearing contacts or not i don't think so i think it's just magnetic they just snap in and out and then okay and you can take them out and the like the hardware doesn't forget because <laughs> you know you have to like yeah. configure them for the lenses it's, like, it's pairing yeah so the only thing i was thinking of maybe if like you take them out in the morning do you have, like do you have to like delete the the lenses can you like temporarily disable it like, i don't know how that works
1: there is a sub, it does ask you when you're setting up eye tracking if mm-hmm. you ha- if you have lenses inserted lenses inserted or not i don't know if you have to redo it or if you can keep multiple configurations because that's what i'd be worried about we worry about well if you set them up
0: let's say without the eye track without the lenses in you do the eye yeah. tracking yeah but then you put them in for the daytime when you're in contacts, then it's misconfigured and doesn't work properly. So, well, you can, you can buy them and tell us. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know if the menus make it clear or not whether you can only have one configuration yeah. and you've to like, fully mm-hmm. delete it or whether you can like, toggle it on or
1: off. Um, I should figure that out before I pay $150 yeah, saving for the you money. Plus, yeah. plus yeah. whatever it costs to go to the eye doctor. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Murica Medicine. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> thing. Right. Yeah. pass through slash the display quality and field of view. In comparison to my demos, pass-through is the thing that I was most surprised by being like not as good as I remember. Mm. And I should have been more skeptical at the time. And I'm not the only person who I think walked out of an Apple demo with a better over-heightened expectation Mm. for pass-through. Because the rooms where Apple was doing these demos were the classic Apple living room set, super bright, No real color to speak of, just like white walls, maybe a plant or something. And if you, as soon as you get out of a room like that, like in your house where it's not blindingly white and you have colors. And you know what your house looks like. And you know what your house looks like, yeah. You know what, like for me, one of the things was like, I know what my dogs look like Mm. and I look at them and they look, they don't look totally different, but you can tell that some of like the colors are like. Our black lab is going grey, like on her face, and you just can't really make out that grey hair detail on her face when you're looking through pass-through pass versus looking with your eyes. You can immediately know it's cameras, right? Yes. 100%, yeah. Yeah.
0: And not even like iPhone 15 cameras. like It's more like no. <laughs> old cameras, kind of. Well, like, and it's, it's not, like, obviously they've got decent optics in there, but it's just a computationally hard situation to render a full pass through vision with pretty high resolution across your entire spectrum of range so like it's is a combination of hardware and software cuz like you get better you get high quality camera lenses then you also have to get higher yeah. processing power to run it which also impacts battery life and heat and like there's all these confluence of factors here so it's not just as simple as a, well gen 2 they'll just make the lenses better i'm sure they will but like you know it's a complicated matrix of stuff that that makes it come together And obviously, it's the best pass through of any headset on the market, as you would Mm -hmm. expect for it. But they've still got a long way to go. Like just looking at the videos, you can immediately see motion blur and graininess, and it just looks like cameras. It just looks like you're like recording through webcams, right? Which you kind of are, right? So yeah. um, But you get the you know the the stuff that doesn't come across on watching via YouTube videos is like the depth, right, of the stereoscopic cameras and stuff. So Mm -hmm. you know, clearly it's very it's impressive for what it is, but there is a long way to go before they really sell the illusion of because what they want they want it to be transparent right (laughs) yeah that's the point it's meant to be like you know you can see the world and then you can put stuff over top of the world but i don't think anybody like that in some ways the the full vr experiences are more effective than because you're never facing whereas when you're doing the through mode situation you're always you're always getting ding like Oh yeah, I'm seeing a camera of the real world, not the real world. But if you're in an yeah. environment or a thing, it's like you're fully enca- engrossed and encapsulated in this perfectly rendered thing. Because a lot of people have said like the screens aren't sharp enough, so you see like the you know the camera feeds like fuzzy or blurry. Like no, no, no. The, the displays are super sharp, and if you render stuff in the environment like apps or content and stuff, it renders sharply. It's just the camera quality processing isn't enough to make up for it
1: in normal lighting and especially in darker lighting. Yeah, it wasn't as good as I remembered, but by no means is it bad. It's the best pass-through experience you can imagine for a headset. I just wouldn't want to wear these for 24 hours a day and never yeah. see the world. I mean, I guess eventually you'd get used to it and think that the world just looked like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're taking them on and off, you definitely realize the difference. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So good, but
1: clearly room for improvement. Yeah. And that kind of applies to the field of view, too. We talked about this last week with the reviews and the review that pointed out the field of view limitations most was The Verge Neil Patel. I still don't think the field of view, at least for me, is as narrow as the mock-up that they created, that The Verge created, attempting to show the field of view. Yeah, because their mock-up was very pessimistic.
0: I, I, like, Obviously, I've never worn one, but you just look at that and you're like... Surely not.
1: <laughs> you know, like,
0: <laughs> it was super, like, cropped in, in terms of masking. And obviously, Apple's, all of Apple's demo videos are the complete opposite, right? Because they're just perfect yeah. 16 by 9 screen recordings
1: or simulated screen recordings. The reality is in between, would you say? And the, there's so much difference between different sized light seals that I would love to know. I don't think Eli has said which size light seal he had, but if he had something... In like the 30s range, those have lower field of views just because of how they're designed and how, you're, how they're accommodating your head shape. And, and you like perceive that because obviously you tried two light seals, right? Yes. The yeah. difference in field of view, it's not dramatic, but it's there. Your field of view is going to be less than if you're wearing a 21W light seal, which seems to be Apple's go-to recommendation for most people. And there's people on Reddit who have tried, maybe people on Reddit have tried like every single size light seals. They have detailed They've like worked backwards to figure out exactly what all of the numbers and letters mean, because Apple doesn't really publish what those numbers or letters mean anywhere. And pretty much everybody seems to say that the higher the number goes, your field of view is going to gradually get lower. There was somebody who said they originally got a 34W light seal, and it wasn't quite right, and they got it swapped for a 21W, and they thought it was like a completely different headset. My experience wasn't that traumatic, but there is a clear difference in field of view depending on the shape of your head and therefore the size of your light seal. So yeah, if you look to the left and the right, you see black, right?
0: It's not like full peripheral, like your actual eyes. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Is it kind of like, because I wear glasses, right? Obviously, if I look through the glasses lenses, I can see sharp. And if I look outside of the frames... There's still color and detail and stuff there, but it's way blurrier, right? Because I'm not looking Mm -hmm. through the lenses anymore. Yeah. In the Vision Pro, is it kind of like the frames are the sharp detailed screens and then in the non-frame region, it's just black,
1: kind of? Or is there more of a transition there in terms of peripheral? No, I think that's pretty much exactly it. I I thought about it like wearing sunglasses, kind of. Okay, yeah. The difference is just that, like you said, the peripheral... You don't see blurry things. You just literally see black, which does a lot for the immersion.
0: Because there was also those people... Um, did you see that on Reddit where like, people were taking their light seals out and just wearing the Vision pro yeah. like, directly <laughs> up to their eyeballs and saying it was like increasing the field of view
1: a bit more, which makes some sense because you're literally just closer to the level. I, I tried that and... It didn't impact you. It didn't seem like as dramatic of a difference as some people on Reddit were saying, which at that point I was like, okay, maybe my fit is like, really good if yeah. I... Don't notice that big of a difference when I take the light seal out completely.
0: So, again, the field of view, you'd say, not as good as we, as you originally remembered, right? Because you're just overwhelmed by everything in those demos. Similar to pass-through.
1: But not like... It's not like a deal-breaker, right? It's just <laughs> no, kind of... I wouldn't even say that the field of view is... Is bad, yeah. That much worse than what I remembered. Like, I... Okay. The field of view is the field of view I don't, as dumb as that sounds like yeah. A it's going to vary from person to person and B it's just a limitation of the form factor and the design it's just I guess it's a bit like none of the Apple marketing will like
0: give you an example of that like it all just looks they won't like, even tell you the the degree of the field of view yeah they don't even list it on the specs page right um, like it'd be good if there was just like one example on their like pages which is like this is like a shot from the eyeballs you know just you could like see it without actually buying it um, but again, future hardware. Everybody's working to make the, the peripheral wider, the field of view yeah. wider, right? This is what we have today. Happy Hour This Week is also brought to you by Masterclass. So I generally cook the same meals, you know, chicken, spaghetti, that kind of thing. But I figured why not try something different and try to get better at cooking for a change. So now I'm actually learning how to make pasta dough, make ravioli from scratch with instructions from renowned chef Alice Waters. And I'm not 100% perfect at it yet but the learning and sense of accomplishment is so so satisfying i'm i'm getting there and how exactly we're using alice walter's home cooking lessons on masterclass check them out at masterclass.com slash mac this year you can learn from the best to become your best with masterclass don't just talk about improving masterclass helps you actually do it with over 180 world class instructors to choose from you can always be learning something new like Mastering Negotiation with Chris Voss, Thinking Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or Learning the Art of Filmmaking from Killers of the Fire Moon director Martin Scorsese. Learn anywhere in bite-sized chunks with the Masterclass app available on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, and there's even an audio mode so you can listen on the go. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best, and with an annual membership, it's all available for just $10 a month. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes every month. Like Alice Walters teaching the art of home cooking that I mentioned, that has helped me get more confident making meals in the kitchen. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com/9to5mac. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com/9to5mac. That's masterclass.com/9to5mac. Thanks to MasterClass for sponsoring the show.
1: So, do you want to talk about some entertainment stuff? Mm. Because that's, that's, there's some productivity stuff that we'll talk about, but the entertainment stuff, the movie watching, the TV show watching is just mind-blowing. This is the stuff which, for me,
0: from an outside looking in, is like the biggest win, you know, like, this is,
1: with very little downside, like, fantastic. So, in the TV app, the Apple TV app, when you go to watch something... Well, let's back up. In, for the entire Vision OS operating system, you have like six or seven environments available to choose from. And then you can use the digital crown to control your level of immersion for that environment. There are two environments that are listed as coming soon, which is very weird. I think that's cool.
0: They're like it's, it's cool, but why all are they... stuff's coming soon. Because that is a downside with the environments that I worry about, that like in two months' time... You'll just be looking at the same static image, do you know what I mean like you get yeah. bored of it in a way yeah. and like they always they have some animation and some sounds and stuff but like if you're in the same environment for too long, surely the bird song just repeats right like at some point <laughs> the, the, the music track has you see hear, hear, the, hear the same hear the same birds chirping away and so it is the kind of thing where you want them to keep pushing it forward and you know keep evolving it. I don't know how dynamic the environments are like if you're on the moon do you see like the earth move. No. Across the day, or is it just like one shot? Do you see what I mean? It's just once, sh- one shot. Just one shot. Night and day, basically. You know, each, yep. each environment has night and day. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool that they've got you know eight or so on there, and then they've got two more that are quote coming soon that will hopefully be out in a software update in the not too distant future.
1: So then you dive into the TV app to watch something. You hit play. By default, the first thing you're going to see is just a windowed version of the video playing in your current environment. Then in the upper left corner, I think, there's an environments button where you can choose to watch in your current environment. And what that does is take the video and project it up against the far side of your environment like a big movie theater screen. And you stay within your environment, if that makes sense. So you're in the the Joshua Tree environment. You tap that in the TV app, takes the window, blows it up real big, pushes it back like you're in kind of like a drive-in movie theater almost or there's a cinema environment that does something similar except it looks like you're in a movie theater so you have multiple different ways to watch to watch things in different environments different modes inside those environments the biggest limitation here is that if you're watching either with the cinema environment or with the full screen version of your of another environment You can't change like the horizon positioning at all. So I noticed this. So you go into one of those full screen modes. You're watching something and you want to lay on your back and you want the field of view to adjust to where like the movie theater is like on the ceiling almost. So you look up and you see the movie theater. That's not possible. The theater stays like projected on the wall in front of you. So, you just see like the ceiling of the movie theater. (laughs) Exactly. Which looks cool. The texture on the ceiling of the movie theater is quite good. Because the full screen
0: mode in the environment is where you get like the 100 foot screen thing, right? Yes. Mm Because if you don't do the, if you don't do like that environment's maximize button, which I presume there's a short, punchy name for, but who knows what it's called. Uh, Because otherwise, you have like the normal windowing thing where you can put the windows around, you can make them bigger or smaller, but they don't get like massive. But when you're watching they films big, or, but they or, don't or TV shows and stuff, you want to have the, the massive, massive mode.
1: So if you're laying on your back, you don't want to go into that 100-foot full-screen mode. You want to stay in the windowed mode and just grab the window and drag it up to the ceiling, which is still an incredible way to watch a show or a movie. It's just a weird, a weird hopefully, version 1 limitation. So then outside of the TV app, too, each... Developers are free to create their own environments, which is what like Disney Plus has done, where you have four different environments. There's the Disney Plus Theater, the Tatooine Star Wars environment, the Monsters, Inc. environment, and an Avengers environment. And in each of those, you can watch Disney Plus content. And actually, you can watch Hulu content, which is nice because there is no Hulu Vision OS app. Oh, but they're merging the app, so now you can get them in it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. So that's a nice side effect of that. The Disney Plus Theater is like probably the one of the best ones, if not the best ones I've seen. It's so good. It's so realistic. You're sitting there. You're looking ahead at the screen. You're watching something, and you like look to your left, and there's an armrest with a cup holder. And there have been multiple times where I think that cup holder is in. Like, oh, I can sit my... My drink there. The <laughs> cup holder's not there. The cup holder is on the screen. That's how like immersive that Disney Plus theater environment is. Okay, I have a question because I heard someone say this. In the Disney Plus theater, are your hands occluded? Yes. So you can see your hands? You can see your hands, yeah. Okay. Which is not... I don't know. It's, it's fine. But the occlusion is not good enough, if that makes sense. To, like There's always a little bit of flickering mm. around your hands when they're occluded depends on the lighting as well i think yeah the lighting and yeah so if you're if you're in a bright room but you're fully immersed in the Disney Plus Theater it's kind of weird to see your hands occluded and they're so bright cuz they're in the bright room but the Disney Plus Theater is dark yeah and some some of the apple environments adjust your hand colors
0: to match but not all of them
1: i'm pretty sure that if you're in like the cinema environment in the tv app that your hands don't break through or if they do, it's much more subtle than Yeah, did. maybe maybe
0: it, it's the Apple theater where they don't break through. But like if you're in like um like if you're on the moon, for instance, I saw this, like if it's daytime moon, you can see your hands, but if it's nighttime moon, yeah. your hands are like there, but like really, really dark. Like they, they yep. put the shadows on and stuff. And that's something that maybe only like the app the system environments can do and the Disney one can't, like in terms of editing what your hands look like. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Uh, so like there's some inconsistency there where hopefully in time Apple makes like a central framework so like the apple theater from the tv app and the disney environments and any like third-party environments can all be like all get the same functionality and are all available to choose from anywhere so they're not just constrained Mm -hmm. to the same app um but obviously that isn't how it works from in 1.0 because
1: it would be incredible to be able to use the one of those disney plus environments as just an environment for your other windows which you can't currently do i hope it doesn't end up being like a i don't like a apple watch face apple watch watch face kind of thing where apple's the only one that can create the system environments because
0: system environments you can
1: mix and match match windows from all
0: apps right exactly like disney plus theater you like like, let's say you're watching a film but you want to like check twitter you can't open an app because then it takes you out of the theater
1: correct yeah yeah so that kind (laughs) of (laughs) sucks it's a good way of making you focus on the movie though i have noticed that true the HBO app has one. They have like a Game of Thrones environment, which is good. I think they said they have more coming, but right now it's just the one. Apple's got two coming soon. <laughs> Apple's got, yeah, two. And do you think it looks better than your TV? Absolutely. A hundred percent. If I'm watching something by myself, I'm going to watch it on Vision Pro. Wow. Well, ten times out of ten, basically. Nine times out of ten. I'm going to choose Vision Pro over, over my TV.
0: That's, that's a statement, that is. Is it, is it just the size the, or the color like, or just everything?
1: Do you know what I mean? Like- it's the size. It's the sound. Part of it is just the removing distractions. Mm. Yes, you're still looking at a screen, but especially if you're in one of those full, fully immersed full screen, 100-foot screen environments, you pretty much have to just watch what's showing. You can't mindlessly also be scrolling on Twitter or threads or whatever. Or do what I do sometimes, which is where I'm watching a TV show and I'm also simultaneously scrolling on TikTok on my phone on mute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just an awful habit. Don't develop that habit. That's a bad habit. But Vision Pro, you can't develop that habit. (laughs) Everyone does it. I scroll Twitter when I'm watching films at home. It's just... Scrolling Twitter is one thing, but doing what I do where you mute TikTok and watch (laughs) videos on TikTok while also watching a TV show, that's... No, that's embarrassing.
0: Does TikTok have an app yet for the Vision Pro?
1: No, they're mentioning in the press release. They said they're making one, right? Yeah. But it's not there yet. I haven't tried the website, but TikTok's website on, like your Mac, is awful. So I imagine it's awful on on the Vision Pro too. One thing I have seen people mention
0: is like if you're watching a, like a like in the theater and, and it's dark or whatever, yes. that sometimes you get like
1: reflections or like glare. That's the by far the biggest problem, I think. Just because watching movies and TV shows is such a compelling use case, but this one limitation is kind of an, is pretty annoying. It's basically you're watching something in a full screen, dark environment, and the screen is bright, obviously like the, the TV show or movie you're watching is bright. There's a bright flash, or it's just they're outside and it's bright. You're going to see reflections in the lenses that you're looking through. From what I understand, it's just like a hardware limitation of Vision Pro's design of the design of lenses and screens in general. And it's not awful, but when you notice it, you think that your lenses are like smudged or like have a scratch on them or something. So the first time I noticed it, I was like, oh no. So I took Vision Pro off and like cleaned the inside of the lenses, put it back on and like, oh no, that's that's still there. Then I remembered some of the reviews mentioned it as just a hardware problem. Yeah, it's the way the optics work
0: in the lenses that
1: just reflects the light sometimes, which I think is
0: maybe why there isn't like a mode where you can just maximize a video and it's black elsewhere like you always have to watch it in some kind of environment so it, it always makes it not just you know it always makes yeah. sure there's some mm-hmm. contrast of background of yeah. background colors and stuff like the darkest i've seen it is the moon environment where like the nighttime's black but otherwise it's uh like when you're in the apple theater for instance like the theater's lit right like and mm-hmm. the screen reflects onto the ground and the seats and everything so like I do think part of that's like a trick to mitigate some of the lens reflection
1: problems. Because otherwise you'd see a lot more, I think. It's one of those things where you notice it at first and it kind of bothers you at first. Then you just adapt to it and slowly you stop noticing. I imagine, too, if you wear glasses and you're watching something in a dark environment with a 100-foot screen flashing at you, you're going to see some reflections in your glasses, too. So, Yeah. It makes sense. It sucks, but it makes sense. and.
0: Is this going to be the resurgence of like 3D movies? Do you think? Because obviously,
1: like the 2D looks good, but if you're in that headset, you want to be watching the 3D stuff, right? The 3D stuff is good. I haven't watched too much of it. I think Disney has Apple says what? There's 150 total available. Two hundred in- now, but yeah, two hundred. Yeah, yeah. And then Disney has like 45 of those, I think. I've watched bits and pieces of like Finding Nemo, Frozen two. The 3D is. So much better on Vision Pro than it is on like a going to a theater and watching a 3D movie or like the old days of 3D TVs. For me, what I'd want to see more of is the immersive video, which is in Apple TV's app and the Apple TV app. And that's the Alicia Keys concert, the oh, what else is there? The nature, the sky, the, nature, the ravine, yeah. tightrope walk, that stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff I want to that's more impressive than 3D movies. It's a different kind of content obviously but well and it's content that requires a lot more investment i think like yes you've got to go
0: and physically shoot like a lot of the 3d movies are done in post they just like add layering on separately um with the, the with the immersive video i think you've got to go and get those massive cameras that seemingly right now only apple knows how to do it or they haven't shared or told other people what to do you have to get that, that big camera rig you have to shoot in like four different dimensions. So if you're set dressing, you got to set, you got to dress the sets all around you, not just directly in front of you. Yeah. You know, like there's, it's so much more expense to make, and some of that's reflected in right now. I think the total immersive video content available is like less than an hour. Like if you add yeah, everything up, yep. there's like one episode of each of the things, and it's like totals mm-hmm. less than an hour. Uh, and all of this stuff you saw in June, right? They haven't added anything new since. Yeah. No. Nothing a year new ago. since June. Yeah. That's the other thing. People keep bringing up the sports example because, like, the Apple demo reel includes the, the shots from the baseball game and the soccer, the soccer net. I think it's kind of telling they haven't announced anything on that basis yet. Like, it's going to be hard yeah. to shoot that stuff.
1: Well, there was... Did you see the story this week where the NBA... I did. I did. NBA commissioner Adam Silver met with Tim Cook on Vision Pro launch day, and he's... Adam Silver said that they they think Vision Pro is better than sitting courtside at a game. That they have a lot more planned for Vision Pro content, blah, blah. He's never going to be live, though. Well, yeah, that's true. He said they have more stuff planned as soon as NBA All-Star Weekend, which is, like, soon, I think. Isn't like that, like, month. two weeks' time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe they have something come the NBA app itself is incredible. Is well done. One, yeah. One of they've the invested. best examples of a Vision Pro app. But yeah. I don't know about live sports, like you said. They need like a full movie or like a full
0: thing for immersive Video to take off. Because the examples in the TV app are cool, but you know, there's like five single fifteen minute episodes and then you're done. So And and I'm sure that each of those four series they've got will have more than one episode. They just haven't released them yet. But like you need like name brand stuff or you need like top dramas like we'll see it's clearly great technology and obviously it comes back from the next vr acquisition and they were talking about using it for like sporting events and concerts and stuff but at least so far apple hasn't officially announced that they've recorded something in that style uh that they could release so we'll see hopefully it gets there but again you are that is where you're you're hitting up the limits of chicken and egg ecosystem you know Max five hundred thousand units in the first year, kind of situation where, if this stuff costs a lot to make, you've really got to go out of your way to get it ha- to get to get it to happen. Happy hour this week is also brought to you by Ladder. If you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute: dentists, opticians' appointments, filing taxes, that kind of stuff. And you know it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. Go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour to see if you're instantly approved. You know, I started needing glasses last year and that was a moment that hit me like, I'm getting older and stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you the peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork required. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply. You fill out Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. And Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. If you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. If you aren't sure but you just want some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happyhour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's ladderlif dot com slash happyhour. One more time, ladderlife.com slash happyhour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring
1: the show. One other thing on the entertainment side of the Vision Pro is the TV app cinema environment. You can pick where you sit in the theater, (laughs) which is just completely unnecessary, but also just totally cool. That's one of the things that makes this the best way to watch movies and TV shows. When you're on your own. You can pick front row, middle row, back row, floor, or balcony. That does help with like not being able to adjust the horizon positioning, like I was saying. It's not a perfect solution, but it helps. And you can also, the, uh, there's an IMAX app that has like two things right now, but you can also adjust where you sit, and it's like a full wall IMAX screen. That is very cool. And theoretically, you'd think IMAX would be able to like expand the content they have there pretty quickly, but I don't know fully how like IMAX licensing and stuff works, but... A very cool look at what could happen there.
0: Yeah. I mean, video on this thing, huge win. Again, very individual, one-person experience. And, you know, you can do share play and stuff, but it's it's not quite the same. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) if you're on your own, you just want to watch something on your own, this thing is
1: incredible. Productivity-wise, it's more debatable, I think. It depends. Yeah. We have a disagreement on this, I think, based on our previous conversations over iMessage. By far, the biggest productivity breakthrough of Vision Pro is being able to use it as an external screen for your Mac. That sounds counterintuitive. You're taking a virtual reality headset with virtual reality and 3D all around you and putting a 2D Mac screen in front of you. Sounds counterintuitive, sounds like terrible $3,500 investment, but you don't believe me, Mayo, but when I put that thing on, enabled the external Mac display mode, it was like a holy crap moment, like a mind-blowing technology moment for me. (laughs) And I'm not the only one who said that I know you're not, you're not. You're just very anti-Vision Pro as a Mac display for some reason. I just don't... (laughs) I just don't really see the value
0: in it. Like, if you're at home, you can have your own displays on your
1: desk. But what if I don't want to sit at my desk? Silence.
0: Yeah, but then you've got to have a... Where are you going to sit?
1: Like, you're couch. still going to need, like, a keyboard and a trackpad to use the Mac display, right? Well, yeah, you're going to put the keyboard, trackpad, the laptop on your lap like you normally would, then wear Vision Pro and look straight ahead. Oh. Uh...
0: I don't know about that. Like, it feels like a stopgap solution to me that, like, especially the fact that when you, when you, right now, when you enable the Mac virtual display, it blacks out your laptop screen. So you're actually losing real estate. Like, do you get what I mean? It just feels a bit backhanded. I, I don't know. I feel like if you're, the window management of a Mac is so good that if you're not going to want to sit at your desk, is having one 5K screen that's actually not 5K because it's upscaled to stream it over the Wi-Fi. Uh, is then just magnified to be really huge like i can't imagine that being super useful to me like whatever i'm doing in the other room on a laptop you can just like switch
1: tabs or whatever you know and if like okay so one of the benefits of it is being able to place the vision os windows around it sure so that itself frees up some screen place screen real estate so you have your gigantic mac screen in front of you overlooking Joshua Tree, overlooking the moon, whatever. <laughs> then off to the side, you can have a Vision OS window for music. Listening to music, controlling it there. On the other side, you can have what I've been doing, like threads. But you've got to have like a laptop charge. You've got to have the Vision Pro charge. Like, I don't know. I can't see it in my head right now. But again, I haven't used it. Yeah. I will say when you're using the external display on the Vision Pro connected to a MacBook Pro, turns out Running a MacBook Pro with its screen off really helps the battery life of that MacBook Pro. <laughs> that is funny. Screen draws a lot of power. I, I, like, I just think if
0: I had one, let's say I had one. You don't. And I want to use my laptop. I'm just going to bring my laptop downstairs. Like, I don't, I can't imagine the utility uh, well you can bring of having a laptop, laptop
1: downstairs. My... And then you put on the headset and you have a huge screen. Kind of. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you have a 27 inch screen, right? Like, it's a 5K yeah. screen. That you can make 100 inches, but at that point it's magnified, and you're losing the the the, the 15 inch or 16 inch screen on the laptop turns off. I don't know. I, I maybe you have to do it to feel it, but I can't see that being compelling to me. I'd be more I'd be more open to the idea that you're not doing like your full on workflow, but you're just doing you know like browsing and email and blogging or whatever. That you just take the Vision Pro downstairs and you just do all the Vision OS apps floating around. The Mac Virtual yeah. Display thing to me is like. Nice that it's there and they clearly, I've seen a few like podcasts and stuff this week being like, why did they choose to do it here when they don't have a solution for like on the iPad or whatever to go back to the Mac? The obvious answer is the Quest does it, right? One of the high, one of the biggest selling points of the Quest is that you can external display your Windows computers and you can have multiple screens show up inside of your headset. And they do like three screens or whatever, not just one. Yeah, um, And so clearly that's why Apple did it too. Cause, and it has nice integration with the OS because you, you know, you can, the button appears above the laptop and you can just like tap with your fingers and it flies out of the screen and you do universal control to flick between them. And like, so I, I get it and I don't, I don't belie it as a feature. And I'm sure if, they, if Apple hadn't had done it, you know, parallels or screens or one of these VNC apps would immediately be one of the most <laughs> popular apps on the App Store, right? So I get totally why they did it and it will come in useful in time, but it's not like a selling point to me of the headset, at least having not used one if and i'm sure in time they will add you know two screens three screens then you can have more of a thing of like oh i'm sitting here and i physically couldn't fit this much real estate around me and the vision pro provides that that makes it a bit more compelling to me but even still i'm like i want to use vision os windowing you know not have a portal to a 2d yeah.
1: mac the universal control part of it is is very, very, very good. I was surprised because it doesn't... Universal control, if you're going from with a Mac and an iPad, for example, you just mouse from the Mac to the iPad, the cursor moves between them. But on Vision OS, you have to look at the window where you want the cursor to go. So if you're looking at your Mac and you want to take your cursor up and control the music app, you just look at the music app and the cursor appears works surprisingly well, and it means you don't, like, get your cursor just lost in the moon or whatever.
0: And it removes the problem of the the, the mouse or the trackpad is a 2D upright, left, down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the operating system's three dimensions. So it's a very clever solution to that because your eyes basically choose the Z position by what you were looking at, right? Yeah. And then the, the mouse is then just up, down, left, right from there. So
1: that was clever. One limitation, though, it doesn't support Bluetooth mice. So... So just trackpads. It only supports Apple trackpads. And I think it supports Magic Mouse too, but... No, I don't think it does support the Magic Mouse. Oh, really? I think it's just the trackpad, yeah. Not sure why. If I'm using my Mac with Vision Pro as an external screen, I can use my Logitech MX Yes, if you're going
0: through the Mac, like Universal Control, it works. If you're
1: pairing a mouse to your Vision Pro directly, it doesn't work. If you're, you can use it with the Mac interface on Vision Pro, but it doesn't go out to the other apps. Yeah.
0: But like, so like, if you, so ignore the Mac virtual display for a second. If you just mm-hmm. have the Vision Pro, you can pair a Bluetooth keyboard and track and magic trackpad to it, but you can't pair a Bluetooth mouse. Correct, yes. For reasons that I'm not really sure, like, what's the difference between a trackpad and a mouse?
1: Apple even says that some of their older track, basically, you have a trackpad that still has like batteries, like AA mm-hmm. batteries inside, that won't work either. I'm sure there's a technical reason there. That is
0: a bit bizarre. What, what do you think about like, the non-Mac? Uh, I'll concede the Mac argument for a second. Okay. Using the Vision OS, Vision Pro so on its own, what do you think about like
1: windowing, getting work done, doing stuff, moving Windows around? It's very much like the iPad. You can't, or at least I can't right now, do things in Vision OS as fast as I could do them just with my Mac. Which is the same, same exact thing I would tell you about the iPad. Yep. But what Apple has done throughout Vision OS to manage like the windowing, the gestures for moving windows around, adjusting window sizes, it's all very, very good. Most of the limitations I find are either in the apps themselves or just in the like raw availability of an app that I need. Like I like to write most of my 9to5Mac articles in Obsidian. Obsidian's not available as a native Vision OS app, and they've opted out of making their iPad app available. Most of the text editors have opted out for whatever reason of making their iPad app available. Boo. Yeah. So that's <laughs> for productivity, if the if the fallback to macOS wasn't available, Vision Pro would be a far, far, far less compelling option for productivity. That's why I'm glad whoever pushed for that macOS fallback inside Apple got what they wanted. It's because the Quest does it. That's why they did it. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. yeah. You could see Apple taking the high road, though, and saying, Vision OS is so good on its own, you don't need the Mac. Mm. Yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> they made the right call with this. Yeah. Maybe in a year's time when when apps are apps. available.
0: Yeah.
1: I won't need my Mac. I, don't, I won't need to fall back to my Mac as often as I do now. One thing I think they'll need to add is
0: a way to pin windows so that they don't move, they don't stick in space. Uh, Yeah, they follow you around. Mm -hmm. So like, right now in Vision OS, you put an you put a Vision OS window down, it it stays there. So like, you go into a different room, it's over there. You know, like it's not it doesn't follow you about. So I think some way to like pin windows. Maybe they they add like a little dock where you can get quick access to, like, your most used or most recently used apps or something. So you don't always have to, like, spin around in your head and, like, look for it, you know? And then if it's if you've gone away from it then it's small, you've got to, like, bring it back to you. That seems like a something they'll probably work on. And then some sort of app expose feature, like some sort of the window management stuff that you get on the Mac. Like, the Mac's so good at window management. Yeah. The iPad's not very good at it. Vision OS is currently not very good at it, but the amount of windowing you can do on 1.0 Vision OS is, like, way better than the iPad. Like, like, yeah. They're off to a good start, but there's clean speed more to do there. And then one thing I keep seeing people ask for is some sort of gesture or some alternative way to open the app screen rather than mm. having to click the digital
1: crown every single time. Well, you can do it in Control Center.
0: Right, okay. But Control but Center activation
1: just... is also awkward, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, let's yeah. just mention that now. Control Center, the gesture for getting to Control Center, you have to like look up and then tap... You have to look up, wait for like a little arrow to appear, then tap, and then control center appears. That's a very, it's a very, I find that to be a very fatiguing, like eye strain inducing gesture to have to do multiple times, multiple times, like an hour. And in the settings, they let you change like how high you
0: have to look up. Do they? Yeah, there is a setting for that. I've seen it. Um, you can, but, but then
1: I've seen people complain that they moved it down and then it's just always there. If <laughs> you see what I mean. Well, that's the problem when it's up high, too, is if you have a window there and you look up to that window, the little control center center arrows is either always popping up or never popping up. It's like having a window in that part of your line of sight also impacts the gesture, which is just dumb. They
0: don't have a great solution to – like the iPhone and the iPad, the escape for the system actions is like edged swipes, right? So you can swipe Mm -hmm. from the very top of the screen to get notifications sent or swipe from the very bottom of the screen to go to the app switcher. Or, you know, side-to-side. Side. Um, the Vision OS, like, UI doesn't have a great solution to that right now. But it's only 1.0. So I'm sure that'll evolve over time. But, yeah, the control center thing seems awkward. But there is there is a, like, I don't know if it's in accessibility or somewhere, but there is a setting where you can change how, how high up the screen it, it appears. You have to look yeah. for to make it appear. Um, but I think, if, I think people that did try and change the setting were still frustrated <laughs> by it because it just then... Works in a different way around. Finally, this week, Happy Hour is brought to you by We Got Your Mac. We Got Your Mac is a new podcast that helps business insiders navigate the ever changing world of using Mac in the workplace. Go to wegotyourmac.com or search We Got Your Mac wherever you get your podcasts. Remember those iconic Apple ads of the mid 2003s? I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Well, while those ads harken back to much simpler times, the debate of Mac versus PC rages on in the enterprise. And while Windows still dominates today, some analysts predict that the Mac will be the dominant business endpoint by 2030. Each episode of We Got Your Mac, a new podcast from SHI, explores the deployment of Mac in the workplace. From debunking security myths to attracting talent and overcoming adoption pains, you'll discover the up and downs of delivering Mac at scale. New episodes drop every two weeks, featuring interviews with experts at Apple, SHI, and from around the C-suite. So what are you waiting for? Make 2024 the year you put an end to the Mac versus PC question in your business. To tune in, go to wegotyourmac.com or search We Got Your Mac wherever you get your podcasts. Search for We Got Your Mac in your podcast player of choice today. Thanks again to We Got Your Mac for sponsoring the show. Before we move on, some other dumb productivity stuff. The fact that you can't move the app icons around is just stupid.
1: Yep, <laughs> like, very stupid. You're the forced fact that to iPad see... apps are nested in the compatible apps folder, Yeah, very stupid.
0: You're forced to see Keynote the entire time, even if you never make a presentation, right? Like You can delete it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you delete it, does it just leave like an empty hole? <laughs> I don't know. I should right. try. Yeah. Because um, right now the home screen is a fixed layer of Apple apps. And then in the bottom right, you have the compatible apps folder. Then you go to the second page and you have two more Apple apps, which I think is files and tips. Uh, and then you have all the yeah. third party apps in alphabetical order. And right now you can't organize them to folders. You can't rearrange them you can't put favorite apps to the front page or anything that's not some philosophical insight into the way that apple expects you to do spatial computing it's just they didn't get around to it yet hopefully it comes before vision OS 2 because that won't ship till september uh, i could very easily see it arrive with like 1.1 or 1.2 or something or maybe it, at, at worst it'll be vision OS 2 it just has to be they're not going to leave it like that forever but it is just kind of a funny thing where they're trying to get like evangelize the developers to get on board and then they ship an operating system where the deck deck is so stacked that the entire first page of app icons isn't a third party app. (laughs) But yeah, and like you say, all the iPad compatible apps are now currently stuck inside that folder and you can't move them out of there. You can't move them out of the jail.
1: The iPad apps in general are fine. They seem to work fine. I don't think it's as good of an experience as running... An iPad app on an Apple Silicon Mac is for most things. Like the example for me is Slack on Vision OS. It's the iPad app. It's not it's not not pleasant to use at all. There's so many little controls in Slack, just random buttons that do different things, like add a bookmark, pin this, unpin this, react to this, put a sticky note here, talk to this person, call this person, start a huddle. All of those buttons are just right there and controlling them with your eyes on vision os is hard very hard i think slack was mentioned in apple's press release as having an app on vision pro and they did not specify that it would be a vision os optimized app so i guess i shouldn't have assumed that it would be because right now all it is is the ipad version of slack running on vision os yeah
0: also on that on the ipad app thing the the, the the thing that like tv and disney and hbo do for the 100 foot screens that requires you to use the visionOS native video player because when you go into that mode all the controls like you you get the little like now playing controls in a little palette in front of you and the video player goes super big but obviously the close button and stuff doesn't uh, whereas with ipad apps they can't do that at the moment there's like a max size for an ipad app can go because it's just magnifying at some point um and so All the video apps like Netflix, right? Like, if they want to offer the best viewing experience on Vision Pro, they really need to get a native app out there to do the 100 foot screen stuff. Um, Whether they will or not, whether they feel the pressure is a different matter. Like, Netflix very reasonably said, you know, not many people are going to buy this thing that it doesn't matter for us at the moment. But YouTube did say they are working on a Vision OS native application.
1: So that's good. Also, this week, Plex said they are not working on a Vision OS application, which doesn't come as a surprise with Plex's recent roadmap decisions. Infuse, however, did say they are making a Vision OS app, so if you like Plex, that's good news. Another thing moving around Vision OS gesture-wise is I find myself getting stuck in pop-up menus a lot. Like in the Messages app, you know, you long press and it brings up the tap-back menu on a message. Let's say I do that accidentally, and I don't actually want to react to somebody's message with a tap back to get that pop up to go away. What you're supposed to do is just like look away and tap and it should disappear. But two things with that first, it just doesn't always work. Sometimes it just pops up and gets stuck there. And the only way I have found to get it to go away is to force quit the app. (laughs) Or when you do look away and you tap, sometimes it just registers that you've clicked one of the options. Yeah. Like I've reacted to messages that I don't want to react to. So that kind of destroys the trust in the process altogether. It's like if that pops up and the way to clear that pop-up is to look away and tap, but I know that there's a chance that it won't actually go away and it's just going to do the reaction anyway. I'm just going to force close the app to avoid that, that awkward interaction. And how do you force close apps on... Visionary. You press and hold the crown and the top button together. Oh, so you're like you're like laser beaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The same way you take a screenshot, you just hold them down. Okay, and it's pretty much the same exact force quit window design as on the Mac. But the pop up menu thing too is, or even just controlling in general, I guess, in Safari can be kind of tricky. Like on Threads, I've accidentally followed and unfollowed people a few times just getting stuck like the eye tracking getting stuck on a follow button but on yeah, most t-
0: touch targets I yeah guess, i guess it's not called a touch target because it's your eyes but you know what i mean like the the interaction targets for elements is definitely a thing like the eye tracking is very very good Eye tracking, it's incredible yeah very very small elements like web pages you can still get stuck on you know, single small things like the Apple recommendate. so on iOS, Apple recommends developers make touchable elements forty four points tall mm-hmm. right vision OS is sixty. So the density of your app should be less dense than the iPhone. Um, but obviously web pages don't respond at the moment, so they're just always the same. And I was impressed at how well it does work, to be honest because people were showing yeah. I watched this video mm. where someone's in YouTube on Safari, and like it's basically impossible to click like the exit full screen button because it like overlaps with the resize control of the YouTube window of the Safari window. And then like the pause and play buttons kind of hard to target as well. But they were scrubbing, you know, like on YouTube you have the scrubber at the bottom and they were just like looking at the point. They weren't like trying to drag it with their finger. They were just looking on the the viewport of the video player, like where the scrubber should be and then tapping. And it was so accurate,
1: like zipping forward to that exact point in the video. Like I was really impressed by that. One thing I didn't expect or realize is that you'd be able to just, like, reach out and directly interact with controls and apps. Like, it's a big floating iPad, almost. Yeah, the the Quest does that, too, by the way. But, yeah, it's cool. Because they didn't, Apple doesn't mention that or talk about it anywhere, anywhere. But it helps particularly with iPad apps I found, like the podcast app. Kind of my fallback is just to bring it close to me and tap around and do what I need to do and then push it away. Then I can easily play pause with eye control. There's growing pains for sure. Text
0: input, another growing pain. I don't know if that's a growing pain or just a straight limit of the platform. Like, I don't, I, I, I struggle to see how they're going to get around that anytime soon. Like, ideally, so like the, the keyboard they have is obviously like big and bulbous and not very great for long, you're not going to type paragraphs on it, right? Uh, Ideally, you'd want to be able to just like, if you can touch type, you want to just like hold both your hands in the air and just pretend like there's a keyboard there and just like type at full speed, and it could just like see your fingers and see where you're touching and figure it out. I'm not sure the hand tracking's quite there on that first generation model to yeah. actually discern the finger positions. And if you're doing the like a hand like if you're putting your hands out as if you're typing on a real keyboard in some cases your smaller fingers are going to get obscured by the fingers above it and like the palm of your hand so they're not going to be able to see where everything's touching so they're going to need a bit more of a leap of technology there to make that work and so if you can't do that you kind of just have to resort to
1: voice input I can't really see another way around it at the moment yeah it's not as bad as I expected and not as bad as some people had made it out to be
0: it's not a write off
1: yeah not a write off (laughs) But it's definitely not I couldn't write a nine to five Mac article with the on screen keyboard. Yeah. I know some people
0: are doing the thing not using the like the finger movements, but like looking at each letter and just pinching your fingers together because you can like focus that way. That hurts my eyes. Exactly. Like people are saying it's faster to do input, but your eyes get hurt because you're like ping ponging across this keyboard for the, with every
1: input. What about personas? You have more you have looked at my persona. As it's evolved a few times over the past week. <laughs> and I think you said this morning that my latest attempt was a step backwards. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's close.
1: Like, the main... The,
0: the thing with the personas, I feel like, is like every time you do a scan, it like makes you look slightly different. And so sometimes yep. you roll the dice and you get a better scan, sometimes you get a worse scan. So, like... In your latest scan from this morning, your eyebrows are, like, weirdly, like, lightning-shaped. Like, it, whenever it scanned your eyebrows, it's just, like, a bit weird, whereas they look way more <laughs> natural than the scan you did the other day. Um, the overall look of a Persona, the overall look of a Persona is, like, it's both good and bad at the same time. Like, it's really impressive, but obviously it's nowhere near good enough, right? However, the detail in the expressions, the muscle movements, like... You can like squint your eyes, and all your nose muscles move as well at the same time. Like, there's a lot of detail in there when if you actually look. And I think it looks. It's a, it, it, it would make for a better effect when you're looking at it through Vision Pro itself, because as well as the, the visual, you also get the depth of the of the modelling. Right, when you're looking at through Vision Pro, if you're doing a mm-hmm. FaceTime call to me, I only get the two D render, and I think it kind of looks worse, especially when they put on the fake background um when you're doing when, like when you've facetime from vision pro to me i see your persona with this like weird artificial background on it and it yeah. really makes it look kind of cheap and bad but then you look at like the in the videos of people doing calls between themselves and it puts like the frosted glass background on the boxes and you're getting the depth and you're getting all the sound of facetime because like the set the way the sound works and the way the visuals work in facetime is like really clever um i feel like it in some cases for some people it actually is pretty convincing. Um, they can always make it better. They will make it better. I don't know if they're going to make it better with first-gen hardware. It might require better GPUs and stuff, as well as all sorts of other things. But um, it will get better over time. But for a first go, I don't think it's too bad. And I don't think they had a choice, to be honest. Like, No. You could not ship it with something like that to make up for the fact that you're... Because they, they, obviously, the best thing would be if you could do a front-facing camera. But you can't do a front-facing camera because your head's covered up by this massive headset. So, Persona? They obviously put a... man They like telling it's a beta because they're not only the right beta, they put in a big white circle so yep. you can't miss it. Um, they're working on it. But it's... It's better than I expected it to be, honestly. Like, I think... In, Me too. And for some people, like Brian Tong, it looks pretty good. I don't think yours is that bad. You're on the With better X. end of the spectrum. Uh, some other people I've seen do look bad, especially... The big issue for women is that the hair doesn't move. So the hair's, like, stuck in place like a doll. And so any motion... And obviously women generally have longer hair. They're like strands of hair just don't move at all. So it really breaks the effect. Um, And makeup I don't think is rendered too well through it either. Um, But yeah, I was pretty impressed with it. Especially like if you look at the areas around the nose and the eyes and the mouth. Like the Mm -hmm. muscle movements are very accurate. Or at least very
1: detailed. I did a FaceTime call in Vision OS with three other people who are also wearing Vision Pro. And like you said that really like that goes a much longer way towards convincing you. It's an actual FaceTime call, seeing them in 3D in Vision Pro than just seeing them on an iPhone. Like it was with our colleagues Jeff, Colin and Fernando. Jeff and Colin in particular, I don't think a lot of I don't think unless you were looking, you'd really be able to tell it was a persona. As long as they kept their hands out of the frame. <laughs> the hands thing is weird. And, Not that great, but just looking at them like while they were talking, it was really good. What else? So we should touch eyesight real quick. I don't have a lot to say about eyesight. Should have Emily on to tell you about eyesight because she has to see it more than I do. (laughs) And she does not care for it. And it also it's so dim. And like I'm taller than her. So like when she's looking like up slightly, like from the angle that she's looking at me. She says she just basically can't see the eyes at all.
0: Yeah, which is what some of the reviews said as well, right? Yeah.
1: I can go and like look in a mirror and like trick it into thinking I'm looking at another person, and I can see the eyes, and they look fine. Like it's definitely dim, it's definitely weird, but the feature is working. So here's
0: something for you to go away and test out. I saw on the Visionary subreddit someone had would turn their lights off, so it'd be like nighttime, right? But they have the lights on in the room, so the vision eyesight is dim. They turn the mm-hmm. lights off and the auto brightness on the outside display make it really 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 bright temporarily. So like so you, you could see actually see the bright see eyes. Yeah, but so like if it looked like that in the daytime people could probably see it, you know, like so the yeah. The dim display isn't just like inherent to the screen, it's like the brightness algorithm, but it's probably done like that to save battery life, I imagine. Um, but yeah, theoretically they could make the the outside screen brighter it seems and people, other people could actually see it.
1: I still fully think they made the right call having that external screen. Just because I think it looks so much better than a black box over your face. Like, whether you're looking at the eyesight, the eyes themselves, or just kind of the... What do you call it? Just like the floating animation shimmer. yeah. yeah, That just looks better than if you're looking at someone with a black box on their face. One thing that is funny is that when you watch
0: YouTube videos of the people using the Vision Pro, they're obviously always screen recording. And so what you see on the outside screen is just always that, like, white glow yeah. that flashes and pulses. And it makes it look so much more robotic. And I'm like, I wish it just showed the eyes at all times. Because <laughs> every YouTube, like, influencer video you watch, they always have it in that screen recording mode. And it looks stupid. <laughs> uh, but that's just, like, a weird quirk. You mentioned Emily. What does she think about it? Just very briefly. Do you think, is it cool she, to her or is it stupid? She
1: thinks it's very cool. She stole it from me on Friday night and played with it a decent amount. She. She doesn't think there's much of a productivity slash work angle to it. She's just like, I would watch videos on this thing. And I'm like, fair enough. Like, it's great at that. And I'm like, you can use it as an external screen for your Mac. And maybe you've been talking to her, but she's like, I don't care about (laughs) that. She's on Team Mayo. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we haven't set up the back channel yet. but I'm glad we're on the same page there. That does highlight, though,
1: you can't really use it with multiple people at the moment. That's what sucks. It's like, I understand it's a very personal device, and me and Emily are apparently very lucky because she took the face scan and also got twenty one W. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> so we're the same light seal sizes. You're a perfect match. Exactly. Yeah. Then <laughs> the another thing that makes it so much more like one sided is when you share You can't for DRM and licensing reasons when you take a screen recording. Because you see something really cool. Like, I want to show somebody what it's like watching Hamilton in the Disney Plus theater. I want to take a screen recording and send it to them. But you can't screen record the movie because of the DRM, the licensing. I'm surprised that Apple didn't come to some terms or Disney or whoever where you could share like 10, 15 seconds of it, you know? In their Just, own app. Yeah. In any, With their in, own
0: content. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it blacks it exactly.
0: out. Exactly. This, is, this frustrates me on the phone, too. Like, why doesn't the TV yeah, yeah. You share screenshots or videos of their own stuff? Like,
1: like, I understand. Don't let me screen record the entire movie. Yeah. But let me share, like, a little clip for that can be sent via messages or social yeah, like media. One of the
0: best features of this headset is the 100-foot screen. And yeah. no one can show it. <laughs>
1: it's free advertising, Apple. Yeah. Even, <sighs> like, the immersive videos you can't show, right? They're all DRM'd as well. And if you... So the first time Emily put it on... I was like guiding her through how to use it. I was basically giving her the exact same experience Apple gave me where I had it air playing to my iPad while she was using it. So I could see what she was doing and tell her like what to do and how to use Mm it. And I don't know if it was a bug or what, but when she would try to watch something, not only did it black out DRM on my screen, but it also wouldn't show for her. That seems like a bug. But it was frustrating like trying to show somebody something or teach them how to do it for the first time. It might be how the rendering
0: pipeline works where, where it gets blacked out is like past the point where like they can't split the video feeds for mm-hmm. both people. Maybe.
1: Another thing she pointed out is when I take it off, I have like red marks like mm. on my forehead and my upper cheeks. Like it looks like I fell asleep in the sun with sunglasses on. So like the area right around my eyes is normal. But then there's like some redness around the outer edges. Not a big deal at all, but just funny. She's like, I can tell when you've been using that thing. And I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. I will
0: say regarding using multiple people. Obviously, the iPad's never got a guest mode or multiple users. The Mac does have multiple users. Vision Pro, with the 1.0, it does have a guest mode. So, yeah, I... I'm kind of optimistic that it might actually get multiple users or at least like two users so you can switch it out and not lose your optic ID setup and not lose your face configuration. Whether you'll be able to have multiple Apple IDs running at the same time, that I'm not so sure about. But I think supporting multiple people wearing it within the same household is something that I actually think they might do. Like, yeah. everyone can joke, well, it just want you to buy two of them. But in this instance, it's not a
1: guarantee, but I could see it happen. I think they might do it. What else? Um, battery life? Battery life. The battery itself, just the physical aspect of having a tethered battery, I don't find to be particularly annoying one way or the other. I do have to be careful that I don't leave it in my pocket when I'm sitting down. Because the other day, took Vision Pro off, sat it on my desk, forgot that I had the battery in my pocket. There was a small incident. Vision Pro fell onto the floor. It's fine. Just don't keep the battery in your pocket when you're stationary is the takeaway from that battery life. I watched four, four and a half episodes of suits on a single charge the other night. So that's a 44 minute TV show basically. So what's that about three hours. And it went from like a hundred to 5% basically. That's not bad. It's more than Apple tells you. Apple says two hours for general use and two and a half hours for video. So I got, upwards of three hours for video, which some of the reviews also mentioned similar results. So seems like there's some under-promising and over-delivering going on. I wonder how long the battery lasts, like how many cycles you get out of it. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> that's an unknown
0: quantity, but I guess at least if it, if it does deplete, you can just buy another battery. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. You don't have to take it to a store or anything, get a you know, repair done, battery replacement, you just buy another battery. The battery thing... Obviously, it's inelegant that it's on a cable, but I think there's bigger fish to fry in terms of second generation hardware. Like, I imagine the second gen is also going to have the battery external, if you see what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. I think the biggest thing they should prioritize for the second generation is weight. Get it lighter.
1: Everything else is secondary. Some other just random, like, annoyances that I've found there's no occlusion for keyboards. So if you're fully immersed and typing, whether it's on your MacBook keyboard or just on a Bluetooth keyboard pair to vision OS, you can't see the keyboard, <laughs> which I mean, I can type without looking at the keys. Yeah. But you know, you like, you need to get your hands situated and like, mm-hmm. and like, make sure you're on track, which you can't do.
0: And obviously it does know, at least if you're using the Apple keyboards, it can put the little like text preview thing above it. Yep. So mm-hmm. it does detect the keyboard being there.
1: I think it's like so. a
0: huge leap that they could occlu- that they can't occlude it as well.
1: I think some meta headsets actually have keyboard occlusion if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. And what one feature
0: the Quest definitely do have is like you can pick like a square region to just, just right. always be included. Yeah. So like if you're at a desk setup, you can just like draw a rectangle and then that bit will always mm-hmm. be open. So That's like a simpler solution, right? You don't need super fancy tracking. You can just say, well, this rectangle down here is open. And on the Vision Pro, I guess you can kind of do that with the
1: digital crown because you don't have to go fully immersed. You can just do like the front immersion. Which is like the 60, turning the dial to like 60, anywhere from like 60 to 75%. Yeah. I can like still see the keyboard because I don't really need to see the entire thing. Just enough of it to know where my hands are. So that would be, like, Apple's
0: answer. I'm sure if you asked them today, they'd be like, we'll just have the crown at 70%, but you don't get the engulfing feeling of being in an environment where it's at 70%. So I think in time, that would be a feature addition. Like, if not proper keyboard occlusion, just, like, you can just say the rectangle where your hands are, is just, you can yeah. see between it, you know? <laughs> like, or if you put your hands down, it automatically just opens up a portal into that bit of it temporarily. Like, Yeah. Um, if you look down or whatever, then it just does it, and then it goes away, like... There's loads of stuff. Like, they've thought about so many details on this thing. Like, the way, you know, you put people further away. They sound like they're coming from further away. You put them in different environments. Like, the sound bounces and echoes naturally off the environment with, like, audio ray tracing. And, like, there's so much crazy stuff. And, like, you bring in AR models into the world and it, like, reflects the light of the pass-through, like, accurately. Like, crazy details. Like, half the icons are, like, 3D if you actually get up close to them and stuff. Like, they've done so much, but it is a 1.0 device. 1.0 1.0 software. there's so much more to go, right? They'll have a to-do list 100 items long, if not more. And I'm sure we'll see I can't wait to see what like Vision OS2 at WWC they've done what they got ready, right? because like they obviously like cut this thing and shipped the OS from September August time, and they could have so much in the in the offing for Vision OS2 in terms of you know window management and just bringing even extra apps on board would help, right? because like a lot of the Apple apps are just iPad apps in Vision OS one. Like reminders and calendar, and there's not even a weather app. Like, wouldn't a weather app be so cool if you could, like, it would, like, you you like look at the days and it just makes it rain in your, in your room. Like, that'd be slick. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: what are your favorite apps? Third party apps. There's third party apps. Yeah. Ooh. The IMAX app that I mentioned is very cool. The MLB app, it's not baseball season right now, but they have a, like, a teaser clip from the World Series last year where you're watching the game. Straight ahead of you. You have some stats along the side. But then you look down and you see like a physical recreation of the strike zone. Oh that's cool. You can see where where the ball goes. And it's funny, in the clip I posted on threads of this, you can see that the ball is it's clearly a the pitch is clearly a ball, but the umpire calls it a strike. So it's just another way to see how bad MLB umpires are. You played any games? So last night I downloaded the Xbox app. And did the remote play thing from my Xbox-like console, and was playing MLB the Show on like a seventy-five foot screen in the sky, which was very cool. That's not like a Vision OS game. I haven't played like the Fruit Ninja game yet, but even just that was super cool. Like just remote playing from my Xbox onto the Vision Pro with an Xbox controller. We should play that. Um, what's that? What's that like
0: um, board game one they've got an Apple Arcade? Uh, game room. We should play that. It, it's like you have it. Oh, you can like I can play on the phone, and you can play obviously in Vision, and you can do like um like chess and Yahtzee and oh ships. I saw that yeah yeah and like card games and obviously you can do it Vision Pro to Vision Pro, but you can also do it like non-person to Vision because it's available like on iOS as well, and it will like put it out on your desk and stuff. That like, is cool. Those kind of experiences where they're like proper 3D, fully interactive things. They're the ones that come more slowly, right? Because like it's a huge yeah. uplift to like make all that content and make stuff in 3D, make all the assets, make it all work. Um, it's so much quicker for people to launch like 2D apps, or which are like what you know, iPad apps are and then Vision OS normally is like mostly 2D stuff with some 3D stuff overlaid on top or just like sidebars that float above and stuff. The the big like 3D immersive games and interactive AR games and stuff, that that'll take more time and they'll hopefully roll out over the coming months. As long as there's a vibrant enough market to support them, which is a question mark because of how many they're selling in lower volumes. Uh, but at least on like Apple Arcade, Apple's obviously funding it a bit, so they're helping push it through. I think overall, the response in the first seven days has been way more positive than I expected it to be, to be honest. I thought really? there was gonna be a lot more people just like straight hating on the thing and like saying it's useless and stupid, <laughs> to be honest. Um <laughs> There is obviously some of that out there, but I think overall, people that try it and people that use it are like kind of convinced that this platform is the future, if not this particular instance of hardware.
1: I think even this particular instance of hardware, Tim Cook had a quote in an interview on launch day, and it was a PR marketing spin, but he was like, Tomorrow's technology today. And that's actually like a really good way of putting it, just because of everything you can do on this version of vision pro and this version of vision os while it's heavy it's limited vision os is missing applications you can't rearrange the icons (laughs) you can't rearrange the icons everything else is still so mind-blowing and so it's by far the coolest experience with technology that i've had in in years i I don't don't... think
0: you're going to be recommending it to people on the daily right no no it's just not
1: there yet and it's too expensive um But you can see where they're going. If you're the type of person who, A, has $3,500 to spare, and B, you watch enough stuff by yourself, you love movies and TV shows, you love the Mac enough to where you can use it as an external screen, like, that sounds like a compelling use case for you. Or you like iPad apps, right? Or you like...
0: I feel like a lot of people that like the iPad will like this. Because it's like an iPad on steroids.
1: (laughs) I have not touched my iPad since I got Vision Pro on Friday.
0: I'm not surprised.
1: It's a very hard product to like put into words. Like you have to try it. Like anybody who is near an Apple store, I think, should go get the free 30 minute demo, and that should tell you enough about what Vision OS is as a platform.
0: Yeah. If they if if they had demos in the UK stores, I'd have already done and done one.
1: Hopefully, we find out soon about international availability. It sounds like it's gonna be sooner rather later, right? Like May, June, maybe for the first second tranches. So, yeah, that's Vision Pro. I mean, we'll talk... I mean, I'm already thinking of things that we should have mentioned, but I yeah, forgot I mean, it's about. it's such a big it's huge. new platform.
0: You could talk forever.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think this is the biggest platform launch since the iPhone. It's because it's so different, right? Like, it's so different, yeah. The iPad remember- was just a big iPhone,
0: right? <laughs> Obviously, some, yeah. you know, these summaries are a bit reductive, but it's true. Like, iOS on the iPad is, like, was... Especially in iOS 3.2, where right? watch launched on the iPad in 2010, it was literally the iPhone UI with no multitasking or no real differentiation the apple watch was a different platform in terms of how it looked and it worked differently but it's still a 2d os and it you could get the gist of it right you had the clock face and you had apps vision is just so different i mean vision doesn't have a home screen like home view yeah like there's no wallpaper right because it's just your yeah. your environment like and there's no like dark or light mode either because your apps just take on the environment because they're meant to be glossy and transparent like Unless it's an iPad app, but then it's blindingly white. Yeah, I mean, the iPad apps are vestiges of a different era, right? Like, it's so different. It's so cool. It is undeniably cool. Is it too expensive? Is it impractical for a product in- overall? Like, probably yes, right? Like, I'd be yeah. lying if I said, like, this is worth the money that they charge for it right now. But that's not because I think they're, like, purposely just trying to make a load of money out of it. It's just... This stuff costs a lot of money because it's so cutting edge. But when you're cutting edge, you're getting some crazy experiences, but you're also getting some limitations because you're bumping up literally the state of the art. So
1: here's a question for you. If Vision Pro launched on February 2nd in the UK, just like it did here, would you have bought one? <sighs> I'd probably say no. It's too expensive really? for me. Like, Didn't you buy like a $10,000 TV? No, it was two You bought the half. John, Car- John Syracuse TV.
0: Yeah, and it was two and a half. Oh, okay. It was literally almost half the price. (laughs) (laughs) And the TV's very nice. And you can watch multiple people, (laughs) which is a big
1: benefit. If
0: I did more traveling, I think I'd be more inclined to jump on
1: the first generation. Like, I was thinking, like, I did so much travel last year and the year before. And I'm probably not going to travel as much this year. I'm like, damn, it would have been nice to have this. Yeah.
0: I would buy, I'll say this. I'll buy this before I buy an iPad, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's way more interesting to me. I think it's, I think, almost already way more capable than an iPad at actually getting stuff done, which is maybe Easily. an indictment of the yeah. iPad more than the Praise of the Vision Pro, but somewhere in between, you know? like But, like, 3500 is... And I'd have to get lenses for it because I have glasses on, right? And like, yeah. I, I, partly, I'm happy that I'm not in the first batch of because there is a test of this thing where in a month's time in two months time like are people still using it
1: that's what i was going to say yeah
0: yeah and that is a that is a hundred percent a question mark because as cool and as different as novel as it is you're still in the rose tinted glasses section of this is something brand new and so different so you just want to be in it for the fun of it in three months time all the limitations of version one just going to rear their head too much that people don't bother charging the battery anymore <laughs> I think no it's a reasonable question, right? Like yeah. we don't know yet. But clearly like an, an OS where you control it with your eyes and you just look around and it's all 3D, 100%. That's where we're going overall.
1: Even just today sitting here recording this podcast looking at my my Mac screen, not in Vision Pro just in real life, I find myself looking at like the edges of windows. Yeah, like thinking how I want to make it just a little bit bigger. It's such a change and it's such and an improvement. And everything's so flat and boring. Yeah. I hate this stupid thing. It's yeah, Put eye tracking on the Mac tomorrow. Yeah. Touch screen too. Yeah. No, but I don't think spending six, seven hours a day continuously is realistically how I'll use Vision Pro going forward. Multiple hours at a time though, like two, three, maybe four, like for the Mac screen. Absolutely. But the entire day, I don't know. And then putting it back on like later, later at night to watch TV or something. Yeah, because uh, we 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 wrap this up. one last thing on that thing.
0: Everyone, the big naysayers are like, why do you want to watch TV in this thing? It's so isolating. Like you know, you're on your own. Plenty of people, if they're in relationships or not, there are plenty of times in the day where you want to watch something on your own. Like yep. It, yes, a TV like I have downstairs, I watch on my own quite a lot of the time. So I could watch in something else if I wanted to. <laughs> like, but I, I even think on my own there are downsides, right? Because like, y- you can't just have your phone out and like scroll on your phone while you're watching a show on the Vision Pro, right? It's more awkward than that. You can't just get up and just get a drink or a water or some food. Like, it's not a perfect, you know, it's not a done deal. But there's plenty of opportunities where it would come up. So, I do worry about the weight. Like, that is my, like, yeah, I, I can't stand AirPods Max. And this, um, I'm, that's my worry, is that I wouldn't even like, feel nice in it for a period of time enough. Yeah,
1: and that's going to vary again, like you said, from person to person. But yeah, when this comes to the UK, I'll
0: 100% be doing a demo.
1: No doubt in my mind. The thing is, when it comes to the UK, you'd kind of have to be a fool to buy it. Because by that point, we're what, six, say six months, five or six months into the, life, the lifespan of Vision Pro 1.0. Yeah. Then, so you're what, six months away from version two? No, nah, I you think it's going to v- be longer than that. You don't think we'll see a Vision Pro 2 until...
0: I think earliest end of next year. So like fall or like winter 25, earliest. And then maybe it's even like spring 26. Really? That long? I mean, that's what Quo and everybody's saying at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, Quo's a moron, so...
0: <laughs> but like, even German's saying like 20, 26, 27 kind of time frame, like... There's no there's no supply chain chat at the moment that anything else is going to ship faster than that. Because I think they're going to spend this year rolling out to the countries, right? So like, yeah, yeah that's it's true. launched in the US right now, but it, let's say it goes to you know some countries by June and some more countries by September kind of situation. Then you give it a year. Then maybe by the end of next year, they're like ready to do a version two. But I could easily see it roll over
1: to 26. Yeah, I could see a world in which they announce it at WWDC 25 and then it's like a, uh, six-month lead time again, you know?
0: But as soon as, got one, as soon as they've got one generation in the world, they're less inclined to want to announce stuff super an- ahead of time. Yeah,
1: that's true too. I don't know. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't think there's going to be like like this, this, like 100% spring next year, there's not going to be another one. Yeah, that's true. But I am disincentivized. I, d- I don't like buying Apple stuff. Though from, like if I buy it, I buy it on launch day, you know? So the fact that it is three months delayed or whatever for the UK does help me put that off. Because if I'm spending three and a half grand on something, you want it to be, like, new from the moment you buy it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can just see how the second generation is going to be so much better. Like, that's the thing with this hardware. Whatever you say about it, good or bad, good, you know, whatever spectrum you're on, the moment the second generation is going to come out, they're going to make it so much better in, like, five different ways. The evolution on the hardware front is going to be insane. Uh, it's not a bad 1st outing, but you can see how it could get so much better, so much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Way more than like the jump from Apple Watch 1 to Apple Watch 2, you know?
1: Like, yeah. All right. I think that does it for today. Lots more on Vision Pro to come. But in the meantime, find us on Apple Podcasts where you can get an ad-free version of the show, $5 a month or $50 a year. Send us feedback, happyhour at 9to5mac.com. I am on threads, Twitter, Mastodon, at Chance H. Miller. And Mayo, what about you? Twitter... Threads at BZA Mayo. All right. Thanks, Mel.
0: Bye-bye.